Fabregas. Now it's Iniesta. This is it. What's going on guys? Welcome to another 2022 FIFA World Cup group preview for this one. We are talking group C, and joining me is one of my best friends in the whole world. Known him since I was born, really, since he was born, I should say. And, I mean, it doesn't even need an introduction. My boy Alexander, played soccer his whole life, uh, is a huge Barcelona fan, which makes him a perfect Argentina sympathizer for obvious reasons, and that is why he is joining us today. Alexander, finally on camera. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I've been a big fan of the show for a long time. The new intro, by the way, fantastic. We love it. Good switch up for the World Cup. Thank you so much. So let's get right into it, man. I mean, this group is contested between Argentina, who are the obvious favorites, Saudi Arabia, who are by many and most expected to finish last in the group. And then you have the two guys that are going to battle. The two teams going to battle for second place. If all things shape out according to plan, mm -hmm. that's Poland and Mexico, your personal favorite, right? Yeah, of course. Um, I am a Salvadoran, so, you know, we have a little bad blood, especially on the field. Oh, my God, the games between El Salvador and Mexico are absolutely just bloodshed. But it's fun. It's always a good time to watch them play. So let's start with Argentina. I mean, a lot of expectation heading into this World Cup, as there always is with them. But this time around, there seems to be more people picking them to win the whole mm -hmm. thing than in recent tournaments. And they don't have necessarily as many huge names in attack as they once had. You know, a lot of guys, Sergio Aguero is now retired. Yeah. No more Lucas Biglia, Ever Banega. Not necessarily saying those were huge names, but guys that were mainstays in the team. No Javier Mascherano for the first World Cup since 2002. But the the biggest thing about this, this uh, Argentinian team is finally they have some stability at mm. manager. And Lionel Scaloni, a younger manager, has come in and totally changed his program. And this is the first Argentinian manager, I looked this up today, to do three straight tournaments since Marcelo Bielsa from 98 to 2004. Ever since then, they have not had a guy. They've struggled to even have a manager do two tournaments in a row, let alone three. This after two Copa Americas, one of which he won yes, in 2021. Yes. This is Scaloni's first World Cup, and because of that Copa America winning, finally Messi getting his international trophy that had eluded him for so long, there are so many expectations. They only have six players in the last World Cup. Franco Armani, the goalkeeper, who will probably be the backup for Emi Martinez. Yeah. Acuna, Otamendi, Paulo Dybala, Angel Di Maria, and Messi. Only six players from the World Cup in Russia. 13 players from the 2019 Copa America that they lost in the semifinals to Brazil. And then 22 players from the Copa America that they won in 2021 behind closed doors in Brazil or around only a couple of fans. If you count Juan Foyth, who played in the 2019 Copa America, that's 23 players. So only three players haven't played on a tournament for Argentina. Uh, one of their backup keepers, Jeronimo, 
and then Alexis McAllister from Brighton yeah. and Enzo Fernandez. So this is a more, even though some of them are in their first World Cup, they have tournament experience and they've won together 35 games undefeated. They haven't lost since before the 2021 Copa America. I need your thoughts on this Argentina team, man. All right, I'm excited. This is, you know, we have all of the big pundits out there in the world backing Messi, backing all backing Messi to carry this team to the World Cup. I don't I don't see it like that. You know, he's 35 years old. Next year, he like the next time the World Cup is coming up, you know, he's going to be 39. This is his last one. But I don't think that he's going to be the one carrying the team. You know, last World Cup, you had questionable strikers, some horrible decision-making towards the, you know, the last couple of games, especially in the final. Well, that was, that was two World Cups ago. Um. You're right, against Germany. You're right, I'm thinking against yeah. Germany. Last time they lost to France in a 4-3 thriller in the round of 16. You're right. This is this is why he's the this is why Dime is the host. This is why he's the host. But now, <laughs> finally, I have Arturo Martinez. You're someone who's proven himself at Inter, someone who's proven himself at in 2021 uh, in the Copa America. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't watch too much uh Serie A, but whenever I do see Inter in the Champions League, I've never seen someone play a full 90 minutes apart from like N'Golo Conte, as I do Lauturo Martinez. This man jumps 99 heading every single time he jumps the ball. It doesn't matter what minute it is. But when you have someone like Angel Di Maria on the right or, you know, Nicolas Gonzalez on the left, personally, I think it should be uh, Correa because he's just tearing it up for Atletico. But whoever it is on either side of the wingers, you have a proven striker up top and of course you have Messi as a secondary striker although just the beautiful passing number one in creating chances in the world for since he started playing so I mean I don't think we're gonna miss any opportunities here are you talking about Angel Correa because if you are I don't think he's on the team they actually selected Joaquin Correa from Inter I think we're gonna be having some talks with uh, the manager of Argentina because that's a horrible call all right, well, that's good that you that's mentioned that because call. also, you know, Giovanni Lo Celso injured wow. last minute. He's been a pretty mainstay in the Argentinian midfield for the last couple of tournaments. Um, it's, a, it's a brand new midfield from the last World Cup. You're going to see guys like Leandro Paredes from PSG. and I'm sorry, for Juventus. He used to play for PSG, correct? Yeah, no, he plays Juventus. On loan. He's on loan, on loan from PSG to Juventus. And then well. someone else who you've seen more recently, Guido Rodriguez from Real Betis. Um, uh, uh, DePaul playing and Rodrigo De Paul, yes. Rodrigo De Paul and uh, Paredes will most likely be starting. I yeah, assume, probably. I see them starting, but what really McAllister coming off the bench because he's having a great season at Brighton, too. I had no idea he was Argentinian. I don't think any of us, any of us knew he was really Argentinian. So, we talk about the midfield, we talk about the attacking names, we'll, we'll get into more depth in a second. But yeah. the thing that really impressed me the most in that last tournament, uh, when Argentina beat Brazil in the final. Their defense looks yeah. so solid. And, you know, fun fact that I learned today, they haven't conceded two goals in a game since before the 2021 Copa America. I mean, wow. the form, they're on it. And, you know, they're going to start Emmy Martinez in goal most likely. Yeah, right back, they have a choice between Nahuel Molina from Atletico Madrid or Gonzalo Montiel from Sevilla. Good choices all the way around. Yeah. Center backs, you know, we have Otamendi, who's 34 years old. He has plenty of experience. I don't, I don't know, know if we start Odomendi. Yeah, you because you also have, have Herman Pesea from Real Betis and then Lissandro Martinez from Man, 
Man United has really yeah. impressed this season he's and kind of kept points. Harry Maguire out of the team. And then left side, you have two choices. You have Acuna, who's yeah, played a lot choice. for Argentina, or Tagliafico. So you have great depth at the back. Who would you start in that back four? Count, uh, I'm assuming Emmy Martinez in goal? Yeah, Emmy Martinez in goal. I'm starting uh, probably Tagliafico just because I love the hardcore pace that he brings up and the attacking-minded left back that we, that we kind of need, especially if Correa is not on the team. Um, I'm playing uh, Martinez at the back 100%. That's not even a question. I – don't think that it's a question that he's starting. And if it's, and if you're thinking about Otamendi instead of him, I think that you're mad. Um, I don't think he has it anymore. He has experience, but you also have so much experience from Messi and from Di Maria and like from other players that you, you kind of need someone on the subs backing everybody up, up, up. And I think that should be Nicholas Otamendi. Um, I put Christian Romero back, uh, siding with, um, Sandra Martinez at center center half. Um, so two Premier League center backs, Christian yeah. Romero from from Tottenham, and then you have Lissandra Martinez from Man United. The thing is, twenty four year old and a twenty two twenty four year olds. Do you two trust young, that? Two youngins. Two youngins. But you know, we think oh, they they are going to have to play against you know strikers like Robert Lewandowski. But they learn. You know, these are. They start every single game for their respective clubs. Romero's playing great. Like Tottenham's still playing fantastic. And, you know, I, I hate United, but you got to say Lissandra Martinez is playing fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No. Right back, I'm playing Montiel also. Okay. Go ahead. So, what's yours? I want to hear yours, Don. Mm, see, the thing is, I haven't watched Argentina play in a while, so I don't really have as many opinions. I'm going to go with what you're saying. I mean, Lissandra Martinez is in great, has had a great season for Man United. Um, I don't know what Scaloni is going to pick, but I'm, I'm happy to hear your your pick there. Midfield, we talked about, you know, you got anything to say about Leandro Paredes or Rodrigo De Paul? I mean, these guys have really slowly started to, over the last couple of years, make their mark on the, on the national team. Thoughts on them? Because the midfield yeah. is where we look at all the midfielders of the last couple of tournaments. I've mentioned it uh, in the Group A podcast, yeah. but it's been the midfield that has really changed I should not. I shouldn't say change. The midfields where teams have won these tournaments. Yeah, you know, yeah. France last last time round. Brazil. I'm sorry, Germany 2014 and Spain. Obviously, yeah. think they can hold up and lead the way. Um, as I said, I don't watch too much Syria, so I can't speak too much on Paredes. But I did watch him for PSG. He didn't even play that much for PSG, and obviously that's why he got loaned out to Juventus. He's playing pretty good minutes over there. I did. I checked his stats to just make sure how much he's playing. He's getting time. Um. Realistically, I think DePaul, I do watch a lot of Spanish league, La Liga, so I do watch a lot of Atletico. So, realistically, I think DePaul's going to have to carry that midfield. Paredes will probably be subbed off, I think. Probably be the first person subbed off, probably around the 65th minute. And I would put in Papu Gomez, man. We, you, you need a little bit of that more pace when coming off the bench. Papu is just perfect. I know he usually he plays like a little bit more forward, but if we if they want a point, and you're thinking 60 minutes, you're bringing Papu for Paredes. But ah, I think a point or three points if they're in a draw against the team that they're supposed to beat. Exactly. If you want more points, want more goals. Um, I don't know it? yeah. if it's strong enough to carry into the World Cup. I had them winning it. I had them winning it, but that's just backed on hope. Yeah. I think football needs to give Messi a World Cup. I think they deserve it. 
that's a perfect uh, segue into what I was going to talk about next, the attack. So, yeah, obviously, you mentioned Lataro Martinez in the beginning of the show. He is now the main man. You know, Aguero's gone. Yeah. He's been killing it for for Inter the last couple of seasons. He will. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be a big time uh, presence in this tournament for them. Yeah. But obviously, you know, Angel Di Maria, he's been around for a while, a legend mm -hmm. at club. I'm sorry, legend for club and countries. Yeah. You know, just had a great career. And then Paulo Dybala is one that's a little interesting because we've had so much talk about yeah. when he played with Messi. You know, they don't usually use him as a starter, even though I feel like his club career has kind of gone a little bit of a downward since he went from Juventus to Roma. Um, do you know about his current form? And do you think he's going to start? Because as you I mentioned earlier, Nico uh, – Nico, Nico Gonzalez. Nico Gonzalez usually starts on that left-hand side. So if I'm thinking if they're going to play with Messi as the center attacking mid role and the number ten role, Messi yeah. on, in the middle, Di Maria on the right, Nico on the left, and then Latara yeah. up front. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Also, I don't really see them playing Dybala as a left wing, really, especially because he has absolutely no right foot. So his opportunity to cut in and shoot on that left side is so minuscule. I don't think it, it could happen. Super sub probably, as just yeah. like you said for Papu. Yeah, exactly. Just like super sub like Papu. Probably bring him in for um, Dybala at some point. Cause you know that, I mean, sorry, Di Maria. Because, you know, Di Maria is like not the youngest anymore. Like, yeah. The minutes he's getting, you know, he's probably going to have to be taken Di off. At some point. Di Maria 34, Messi 35. Messi the captain, of course. Yeah, exactly. Of course. The GOAT. So let's talk about Messi now. I mean, this is obviously the whole headlines are going to be this is his last chance to win a World Cup. I thought that the 2018 World Cup would be his last, but he got his his finally got his international trophy. Now just looking to add to it and sealing it with the World Cup. Uh, it didn't really go as planned for him. His first season with PSG didn't even score double digit goals in league, which was really yeah. weird. He's already surpassed his goal total in league this season. He also has double digit assists in league alone: seven goals, ten assists, and only. In 13 starts, he's in really good form heading into this tournament. Uh, I mean, just give us to end it on Argentina, yes. man. Messi, it's your guy. What, what does it mean to that for that for him to, uh, mean, to do this? To Messi, I think it means so much. But I think to the Argentinian people, just seeing their goat win something. I know they already have Maradona, but like for the 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 youngins, not the for the youngins, Messi is the goat. Messi is the GOAT and will always be the GOAT. Personally, I think he's overtaken Maradona in regards. Also, to we should we should mention this is the first World Cup for Argentina after Maradona passed away. Yes. So there's a little something to play for as well there. That too. You know, there was a lot of confrontation in Argentina when Messi decided that he wanted to take his little retirement and obviously took it back, but they hated him for it because they felt that he was he betrayed them. He was quitting. Yeah, exactly. I want him to do it. Obviously, he's going to be top assists. He's going to be top chance to create. He's going to be top everything, I think, besides goals. Because I just don't think that Argentina play him in that sort of goal-scoring role. But he's going to do it. I think he's going to take him at least to the semifinals. Win the group solidly. I think a straight nine for nine. Okay. Um, and we'll get into more of the, the yeah. logistics later, but... I think he can do it. So the semis minimums, and then you I feel think good about the form he's in going into this. I'm loving it. Are you? I can curse. Are you, are you yeah, kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like watching him play in the Champions League and 
toy with these kids like they're teenagers and watching him play in the French league. I know it's farmer. People say farmers division. It'd be still amazing. a top five, five or six league in the world though. Like we're yeah, still gonna be exactly. so when we're comparing it to the world, it's still yeah. one of the best leagues in the world. Exactly. So all that, I think he's cemented his place as like one of the best players right now. And going into the world cup with all his confidence, playing so well, playing out of his mind. I think he can do it. That's a good good question though. Is he still the best player in the world to you? No. Because every single world cup, the Ah! last 2010, 2014, 2018, he was the best player in the world going into each one. This is the first one where there may not be, he may not be the best. But the thing is, I feel like that title is still very much up for grabs right yeah, now. Yeah, like you can say, you can say Holland, you can say Messi, and I think you Benzema has a case. Yeah, you can say Benzema. You can say people say Lewandowski. I still think he's a top striker, like top one probably right now. Right now. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about it. Yeah, so let's. I think Holland's the best player in the world right now. Holland is the best yeah. player in the what world. What about Kevin De Bruyne? You think he's got a case? Oh, easily. I should. I, I don't even know why he wasn't even mentioned. I don't. I don't. Uh, he's by far the best center midfielder I've ever seen play, and I've seen wow. you know, Xavi, Iniesta, and I was diehard Xavi fan. I'm diehard Xavi fan, and I still am because he's a great coach and everything. But dude, Kevin De Bruyne is just that's a high, that's very high praise. Yeah, I love Kevin De Bruyne. I do love Kevin De Bruyne. Let's talk about Saudi Arabia for a little bit. Obviously, when you talk about Mexico and. Uh, El Salvador have a little rivalry. Iran and Saudi Arabia have their yeah. own. All their players play locally in Saudi Arabia. Do you see them even getting a point? No, I don't see that. Wow. I don't see them getting a point. And we're just sad. Like, if I don't see Qatar getting a point, I don't see Saudi Arabia. Qatar definitely has a better chance of getting a point than them. Than Saudi and I still don't see them getting a point. Like, I just, even with home field advantage and everything, I know Saudi Arabia is going to be having a lot of fans. You have numbers out there. Numbers, big numbers. But, I mean, you're going against Mexico, who also have a lot of fans going. The Mexicans love going to the World Cup. I saw this TikTok yesterday of, like, the top ten countries with which World Cup tickets were sold to, and Mexico was, like, four. So, wow. Like, so it's- perfect, perfect transition. Mexico. Obviously a team that has a streak right now of getting to the knockout stage. They always seem to get to the round of 16 and don't really go further than that. Now they're going to be battling with Poland to get that second spot if all things turn out the way we say and Argentina yeah. finishes first. Is this the time, the tournament, where Mexico's streak ends? Now, we're going to look at their squad. <laughs> Tata Martino is the manager, and Tata Martino has managed this Argentinian side. A lot of the old heads, the old guard, are still on Mexico. Nestor Araujo, uh, Raul Jimenez is 31. I'd say more in his prime. Yeah. Raul Jimenez will be up top for Wolves. And then you have Ochoa, who's 37 years old. He's a goalkeeper, you know. You take those. Yeah, he's a goalkeeper. Do you think he's going to start? The three goalies they have, Ochoa, 37, Alfredo Talavera, 40. And then the other one is, oh, my God, did they only bring two goalkeepers? I only see two goalkeepers on this All right, then do you oh, know who's starting? They just have so much faith in Guillermo Ochoa. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Rodolfo Cota, age 35. So – Three older goalkeepers, and then you look at Hector Herrera, who has been one of the yeah. best players for Mexico in recent times, 32 years old. He's on the Houston Dynamo now on the decline. And then their captain, Andres Guardado, who has had an amazing career for Mexico, yeah. 177 appearances, has had great World Cups in the past. On Real Betis now, he's older. And then the guy that put his name up in lights at the last World Cup for Napoli, Irving, also known as Chucky, Chucky. Lozano. Let me know what you think. Also, Hector Moreno on this squad, 34 years old at yeah. the back. 
Let me know what you think of this Mexican team. Still a lot of experience in there. Mm-hmm. They have nobody under the age of 24. I'm sorry, 23. Kevin Alvarez, a defender, is their youngest player. Let me know what you think of them. Um, You know, Mexico played well, I think, in the qualifications in the beginning. And I think in the latter half of the qualifications, they really started, like, playing a little bit worse, a little bit slower. Like, they were, like, having struggling games against, like, Panama and Honduras. Like, narrowly beat them like on penalties i think not on one single penalty in like the 87th minute they lost teams like canada the united states they're struggling always a hard-fought game against el salvador the beginning they played really well but lately the the form has been on a decline i don't think that any north american teams are going to be leaving the group stage. This wow. Time. So for Mexico, you mentioned qualification. They finished second this time around, tied with yeah. Canada, but lower on goal difference. Eight yeah. wins, four draws, and two losses. Mm-hmm. Any players in the squad you want to talk about? I mean, they got a lot of older guys. The yeah. ones we mentioned, the, the, the notable names. Chucky Lozano, anything? I love, a, I love a little bit of Jesus Corona. You know, I love a little bit of Jesus Corona. Those, I love a little cheek, and he has so much cheek, so silky. Well, the funny part is he's not in the squad. <laughs> what do you mean? Can we can we double take? No, we're double checking this. No, I'm looking at it right now. Can you read it out to me? Fine, I'll read you the squad. Jesus Corona is not on the squad. Is Edson Alvarez on the I'll squad? You, I'll read you the 26 names. Alfredo Talavera, defenders Nestor Araujo, Cesar Montes, Edson Alvarez, Johan Vasquez, Gerardo Arteaga, midfielders Luis Romo, Carlos Rodriguez, Eric Gutierrez. They also have Hector Moreno at the back as well. And Jesus Gallardo, Kevin Alvarez, um, Carlos Rodriguez, Luis Romo, Eric Gutierrez, Hector Herrera, Andres Guardado, Luis Chavez. And then up front, Raul Jimenez from Wolves, who's really good. Alexis Vega, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori, uh, Orbelin Pineda, Henry Martin, Uriel Antuna, Irving Lozano, and Roberto Alvarado. A lot of so those guys they didn't even take Edson Alvarez from Ajax. They did. He, I said him in the beginning. Okay, I wasn't in fucking hell. He'll play. One, let me let me count how many players this played. This is fucking ridiculous. Some of these some of these managers need to get absolutely obliterated on Twitter, and they need to get the axe before the game even fucking starts. This is absolutely fucking ridiculous that you don't take Jesus Corona with you. Sixteen out of twenty six players on the team play in Liga MX. Okay, what the fuck is that bias? What, what is that bias? This is such bullshit. Okay. All right. So it's you're, like, you're it's not even like I care about Mexico. Like I hope they get fucked, but well, that's ridiculous that they don't have. Okay. Exactly. So you're not very high. And also, I saw some people reacting to the squad announcement, and a lot of people were saying that it's not. They don't feel as confident in Mexico as as before. But yeah. as you as you said, they have amazing fans. They're gonna go out there and make noise. Let's talk about the team that. Since you said Mexico is not gonna make it out of the group, I'm actually gonna tend to a. You know what? I'm going to have to oppose you. Mexico's going to find a way to get through. You again, like they always do. Poland? I want Poland because I love Lewandowski. And this is – last time at the World Cup, they really disappointed. Obviously, losing to Senegal in the first game. Yeah, didn't even yeah. make it out of the group. But they've been good in the Euro Cups. I mean, the one that Portugal won in 2016, yeah, they yeah. lost in penalties in the quarterfinals. That game was – they could have easily had that. And had Poland beaten Portugal, we would have had a totally different outcome at the end. Yeah, and then yeah. the most recent – Euro Cup. I honestly forget how they did. I'll look it up right now. But give me your thoughts on the Polish squad. Obviously, you're a Barcelona fan, so let's just hear about the main man first. Lewandowski, 34 years old, has had one of the best careers in the history of Poland. 
He's been one of the best strikers, if not the best, for the last couple of seasons. Obviously, Benzema has made that a conversation, and so has Erling Holland. But there's been some years, the last couple of years, where he's the best striker in the world. 76 goals for his country and the captain. Give me your thoughts on him and his current form after watching him play for Barca this year. Yeah, I think that the game plan for Poland is going to be a lot different to what he really expects at Barcelona. Because, you know, at Barca, you have some very talented wingers to just swing in some beautiful crosses for especially a big body striker like Lewandowski is someone who's not scared to get up and get in a defender's face if the ball's in the air. Here, you know, last World Cup, he scored zero goals. Like and this, really this past Euro Cup, I just looked it up. I forgot about this. Yeah, how did he didn't you? win a game. One draw, two losses, one point in a group with Sweden, Spain, and Slovakia. Funny enough, they beat Sweden in the playoff to get to the World Cup. Lewandowski scored two goals in that tournament. So that was one of his yeah. – actually, no. Yeah, two goals in that tournament, which was one of his – you know, better outings in a tournament. But as you were going to mention right now, what usually ends up happening to him is that they just basically make it so that he gets no chances at all. Let one of the other guys create something. Yeah. So I guess if, I guess we kind of need to expect something like that. We kind of do need to expect a little bit more. I mean, I don't want to expect a quiet Poland, a quiet Lewandowski in this world cup. I want a Lewandowski that's going to flare. I want a flary Lewandowski. And I don't think we're going to, get that sadly but i mean you still have like fantastic center back on, in glick and chesney in goal and zielinski for napoli still playing like fantastic you still have a great supporting cast but in order for them to go through i think they're gonna need lewandowski to pop in at least three goals in these three games yeah you have a couple of experienced players on this side camille glick you mentioned he's 34 though now gregor's kirkoviak 32 oh, yeah. dude this guy still plays yeah, he's in the Saudi Arabian League now. Um, and then you have Camille Grosicki, who is also 34 years old and has had 86 caps for the national team. It's a very experienced team. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, Jan Bednarik playing for Aston Villa right now. He's 26, more in his prime, kind of. Arkadjuc Milik on Juventus. He's going to play up front probably with Lewandowski oh, yeah, or in the attack. So, it's, you know, you think you're, they're going to go through? He's I think, I think they're going to go through, and especially, you know, we're, we're recording this on the 15th. They got bombed today, but, you know, rest in peace to the people that lost their lives in Poland. But I think that that also means that – does that mean they have more fire in them? Like, does that – you know, like, people love soccer. People love their country. I want to see what happens. Um, I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to do fucking fantastic. And – Hopefully Lewandowski is going to prove to everyone that he still is top-notch striker in the world, you know, on yeah. an international level. It's going to be about if they can create, give him some space, give him some chances, you know. That's yeah. the thing, as we say with Poland, they usually – everybody, care, like, keys in on on, on him. So, yeah. we'll see how it goes. So, final predictions. I'm going to go with Mexico finishing runners-up after Argentina. You're going to go with Poland. Yeah. I hope it's Poland. Nothing against Mexico. Obviously, they're rivals to the USA. But I do want to see Lewandowski make it to a knockout stage again. Only mm -hmm. in 2016. Yeah, I want to see that. So we'll see. Any last words, though? Um, just, You know, thank you for having me. Very sweet of you. Right. And we'll, we'll reconvene during the tournament as well. Yeah, of course. Of course. Have fun at the tournament. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you. Uh, to Iran. That's right. Peace out, everybody. Let us know your group predictions in the comments.